0: Wow! Wow! <laughs> you can be seated if you can. Welcome to Hashtag FB Showdown. Are you ready?
1: <laughs> wow! Kyle, I can't even oh. speak. Talk to them. This is so exciting. You know, we've talked about this all week, Micah, and it is clear to me. and I think everyone watching today how big the stakes are for this battle of the pastors. What are your thoughts on the contestants?
0: We have two contestants, but there's one that stands out to me. That is Pastor Zach, our global student's pastor. The man is ripped. Have you seen his glutes? Have you seen the man's glutes? Unbelievable. They glisten that he is ripped in the words of God and the words of man. I'm talking about trash talking. I believe he'll make his presence known, but most importantly, his presence known.
1: You know, I'm so thankful that Pastor Zach wears those long t-shirts so I don't have to see his glutes. But uh, clearly, you and I saw things in a different way in the weeks of preparation leading up to today. I mean, Dr. Chris Stevens is the senior pastor of Faith Promise with over 21 seasons of experience on this very stage. And when it comes to competition, Experience is everything. Just think back to last year and Peyton Manning. I give the edge to the veteran. Senior
0: being the operative word in that statement. And this is why we play the game. We play the game under the lights to see who's really got... The stuff. And no matter who comes out the victor, we believe this is going to be an amazing weekend. And no matter where you find yourself coming into this room today, we love you guys very much. And at Faith Promise, we believe it's okay to not be okay. We serve a God of a second chance. We're going to have an amazing time this weekend. Talk to
1: me, Kyle. That is absolutely right, Micah, buddy. (laughs) This is how it's going to work this morning. We're going to have a coin toss in just a few minutes, followed by the first two quarters. Halftime, incredible halftime show, and then the last two quarters to decide it all. Now, this weekend is a fully interactive weekend. So if the moment allows for it and calls for it, make some noise. Yes. Well, we're about ready to kick this off. But before we do, let's send it over to Halloran Hilton Hill. Triple H, take it away.
2: Welcome, everybody. It's Halloran Hilton Hill. As you know, on the first Sunday of February, we gather to celebrate a sacred national tradition. And whether you watch it for the commercials or the actual game or because somebody drug you to a Super Bowl party, you know what to expect from the big showdown. That is up until now. This year, we introduce two new contenders. Going head-to-head, Dr. Chris Stevens and Zach Stevens. Now, for those of you who don't know these guys, we decided to sit down one-on-one to get inside the heads of these Titans to find out more about these jawing juggernauts. Take a look. All right, up first we have the challenger, Zach Stevens. Zach, thanks for coming by today. Thank you so much, and I am so excited to be here. You look pretty stout, however, Do you feel like the underdog here?
3: Oh, no, no question. Uh, Pastor has a lot of experience. um, So definitely underdog, but very excited.
2: Right, so does your inexperience on the quote, big stage, do you feel like that's gonna get in your way?
3: Uh, I don't feel like it would get in my way. See, Faith Promise tends to put me in the places they need somebody Uh, in a new spot so the first multi-site student pastor they put me there the first global student pastor they put me there so faith promise believes in me uh, to do that and really i see he has all that experience a lot of pastor me i need more holy spirit so i feel good about my chances
2: so let's since you have a little extra god-given confidence samson um what do you think Dr. Chris Stevens' biggest weaknesses. Yeah, so so it's great to use the word doctor. He has his doctor, he's brilliant. His
3: mind is so strong and the Holy Spirit is on Pastor in a radical way, but I don't know if his body can handle it. And there's some times if you watch Pastor, when he takes a drink, he'll, his mouth will move just a, a little bit like, oh. and it's it, it's not because he's shaky,
2: he's nervous, the bottle's just heavy for him. Uh, so you're basically saying he's old and you're young. Your words, not mine. All right, folks. But here in my notes, here's a question. Uh, the pastor was quoted last week. He said, I have one question for Junior. And he did say Junior. Huh. He didn't say global. He said, I have one question for Junior. Who's your daddy? Mm, mm, what's sir. your response to that? Uh, I just. I, oh, whoa. I feel, oh, oh. Sorry. Hey. Sorry. hey. Hey, Sorry. hey, hey, Sorry. hey. I feel passionate about it. That's what I'll say. Easy. I mean, I, I'm not sure what's up with that. Sorry. But uh, I'm sure our sponsors are loving the ratings, that kind of thing. Isn't that a bit aggressive? Ah,
3: um, yes sir, but I think sometimes it it calls for it.
2: (laughs) This is gonna be great, so what's gonna happen today?
3: Uh, I, I believe, uh, whenever all is said and done, God is gonna move, people's lives are gonna be changed, uh, and there's gonna be less of us at the end of the day and more of God, so I couldn't be more excited to see
2: what God does. Chris, it's no surprise to be here with you on another Super Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. It's kind of like another Sunday for you, actually.
4: Well, it's great to have you with us, Triple H. You know, not really. You know, there are there are games that are in the regular season, and then there's playoffs. But when you hit the Super Bowl, we've got a lot of games under our belt, but we this is the first Super Bowl showdown Sunday. It's gonna be an unbelievable opportunity for all these promisers who already got season tickets to to bring their friends to the game. It's gonna be unlike anything we've ever done before.
2: So he talked about you having a lot of games under your belt, a very seasoned player. Um, I think he was saying you're old, but at any rate, how will you prepare? Talk to us, take us inside your preparation. Well, he's gonna have to prepare a lot because he's not played many
4: games. I on the other hand, 21 seasons in the league at, at, with the Faith Promise team, so i've got a lot of information you know when i drop the bucket into the well there's a lot to come up when the young
2: youngster drops his bucket many times it hits a dry dusty bottom so let's talk about like the future Uh, you're going to be in the hall of fame that's secure what i noticed though and it's raising a red flag for me is you're not wearing a jersey Why not? No, well, the the lad wore a jersey,
4: and he wore somebody else's. I mean, let's be real, because he's got a copycat. So actually, when you see him play, you'll see almost a shadow of my style. Wow. He plays really checkers, and I more play chess. He'll grow up one day, though. Hashtag shots
2: Mm -hmm. fired. So how then do you plan to leverage your experience in this big showdown?
4: Well, I'm really what I'm going to do is, I'm going to start throwing some long bombs right off the bat. Wow. The momentum is going to shift immediately to my side, because I, we've got so many great receivers. I'm going to start throwing some verses and throwing some of the word out there. And people are, you're going to see the momentum. And then as I watch him fold, that's when I'm going to start throwing those bombs,
2: TDs. <laughs> Let me ask you something before we get away. In this whole interview, you've never said his name the youngster, the lad. Yeah. the Why won't you say the man's name? Well, why, There's no reason giving him press, because when it's over, they're gonna remember me, the winner, and him, the loser. You heard it here first, a super showdown on this super Sunday all weekend long. No matter how, when, or where you're seeing this, get ready for a battle of the pastors. We'll see you under the lights.
5: Good morning, Faith Promise. Are you ready for Sunday's showdown? Let's go. I mean, look at this. We got young versus old. We got age versus beauty. I mean, we are ready to go this weekend. Man, we have freshly minted an FP core coin. We've got FP on one side. Yes, sir. For heads, core on the other. We're going to go with beauty and youngness right here to call it in the air.
3: Here we go, Zach. Heads, FP, and... There it is, FP. All right, you all got right, it. All right. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's, let's give him a chance. Oh, here comes some fans. Let's uh, give him a chance. <laughs> I will well, defer. I will defer.
5: Zach's gonna defer. He's gonna have a seat right over here. Pastor Chris, you're up first. We'll start the first quarter. Here we go. He needs you to defer because you don't know how to preach. He's got to watch a little bit.
4: And now uh, send in some, you know, some cheerleaders, but that's okay. Welcome to the showdown. <laughs> Woo! Come on, welcome to the fans, the core, the season ticket holders, promisers at all seven arenas on our internet, at our God Behind Bars arena. Thrilled to have everyone with us this weekend, ecstatic about what God is going to do, so we welcome again. You guys are thrilled about being here? Come on, somebody. There we go. Now, this is a FP first. It is going to be the first time we've ever done full contact preach-off on Super Bowl Sunday, the Battle of the Pastors. And one of the things you're going to experience this weekend is just a little glimpse of the creativity of the God in which we worship. We believe that Christians are the most creative people on the planet. So we want you to feel welcome. We want you to feel at home. We want you to feel challenged, and we want you to feel inspired to take your team, your relationships to the Super Bowl status. Now, we talk about team, we're talking about your relationships, your family, your small group, your friends, your coworkers, the people that are around you, and we want to help you take all those relationships to a whole nother level. Now, it's time to teach the Young Puppa lesson, are y'all ready? Come on, come on, somebody mature, saints, here we go, now. In Genesis chapter 2, God has created the universe. He's made the garden, and Adam is in the garden. Adam is naming the animals, and God is watching Adam work. And, and God makes an observation, a statement in Genesis chapter 2. He said, This, it's not good for man to be alone. And I think that is because of how God created us. It is not good that we should be alone. You were created for community, you were hardwired for relationships. And so, if you're gonna enjoy the life that Jesus bought for you on the cross, you're gonna need a great team around you if you and your team are gonna reach your full Super Bowl potential. Now, when Jesus walked here, think about it. The first thing that he did was, uh, when he began his public ministry, Spend time in prayer, look at all the people around him, and deliberately pick 12 people that would be on his team. His offensive line, his defensive line, the people that walk with him, eat with him, teach with him, perform miracles with him. He was deliberate in his team, and if Jesus was deliberate, shouldn't we be about who's on our team? Now, this is what we believe at Faith Promise. Relationships are the key to life. Do y'all believe that? They are the, they're literally the key to life. Now the Super Bowl will be played tonight. And can I tell you the NFL Super Bowl, it will not be the greatest individual players that will win, it will be the team that plays together as a team. That is the one that's gonna win in, in the Super Bowl this weekend. And so they're, they're gonna do more together. This is what we believe about your relationships. We all go further, farther, faster together. The key word is together. Now, God has given us, if they promise, a great deal of success, a great deal of favor, and we're grateful. And God has given, given me in 35 years some unbelievable things I've been able to do in ministry. But can I tell you, I would not be here by myself. I've got great team players. Number one is Michelle prayed for me, challenged me, walked with me, encouraged me. She's been there for the entire game, and it's been amazing. When I wanted to do, didn't want to go to seminary, she said, you committed to go to seminary, we got to go. Uh, Josh Whitehead our executive pastor who could every time we hit a barrier as a church he's that he's that wizard that has in, in unbelievable insight and supernatural wisdom to show us how to bust through to the next level. Gloria, my assistant, has been invaluable is that oh not really not him, but i've had so many <laughs> players on the team, and this is this is what God wants. God made us to what complete each other not to See, you can. we're all to be complete in Christ. You will not be completed when you try to be completed alone. You're only completed in community. You're only completed with others, the word others all through the word of God. Now, when Adam and Eve now are in the garden, and the opposing team slithers in and whispers the first thought of temptation to mankind to disobey God, my question is, where was Eve's team? Where was Adam? Why didn't Adam jump in between the snake and Eve and say, get out of here. We're not doing that. We're obeying the God that we love. But Adam wasn't there for his team. That's just a small part of what a team does. We have each other's back. We blow wind in each other's sails. We want to help each other accomplish everything that God wants us to do. So in the, It's called, I love this. This is a book that I read last year. I'm rereading it, The Power of the Other. You will not do it. You cannot do it alone. The others bring power into our lives and help us win as a team. So in the NFL, one of the things that's so invaluable is scouting. They have paid full-time scouts on an NFL team. They go to colleges. They go to the combine. They're comparing numbers. They're crunching. Who do we need on the team? And they bring those people, the coaches, we think this person will help complete our team. And if the NFL did it, we know Jesus was deliberate in his team. You need to be deliberate about who surrounds you because this is just a truism. Those on your team will directly limit the level of your success. Do y'all believe that? Yes, they're, they're, they're just going to they're gonna, they're gonna be lid lifters or they're going to be people to push you down. And in my life, I've had so many lid lifters. Robert the Bruce over our prayer ministry, one of our elders. Jim High School's walked with me for 21 years and taught me so much. Roger Efferson, who's been a dear friend. Uh, Keith Gray, who's another one of our elders, who has challenged me in ways to think our staff, the whole EP team. Now I've got great coaches. God answered prayers. Sent me Tom Mullins, the senior, uh, the founding pastor of Christ Fellowship. He's gonna be preaching for us next month. Chris Hodges, the founder of Church of the Highlands, great men of God who now speak into wildlife. They become coaches. See, Jesus died for you to have an abundant life, and that abundant life is not a solo deal. It is a team game. Would y'all believe that? Y'all believe that? It's just part of your joy is the team. It's who you do life with together. You say, I'm not so sure about that. Talk to someone who's walking through a horrible divorce and ask them how their joy is. See, when teams break up, when people split off, when people turn their back on you or stab their back on you, it robs us of all of our joy. It's why in February... We're doing this series about the, uh, the I tell us, oldest time, the beauty and the beast of relationships. And, and, and what we want to see is you to have the beauty side of relationships. Does that make, does that make sense? Because again, those relationships are going to breathe wind under your sails. Those relationships are going to protect you from the enemy. Those relationships are going to speak truth and love into your life when you're about to make a course, a, a wrong course. You know when you're when there needs to be a course correction, they're going to walk up, put their arm in, and you say, "Hey, I think you made a left turn when you should have turned right." They begin to hold us accountable. Does that make sense? And so that's what. Guess what? That's why we all need a team. Jesus needed a team. Adam needed it. We all need a team. I remember years ago when I was at seminary. Actually, Zach, you were still pooping yellow.
5: Delay a game, What? Pastor. Listen, we've all heard the seminary stories. Okay, let's don't. Bring any of that into the first quarter this weekend. We were just trying to actually get focused in on our topic for today. We don't want to talk about him either. Hey, we're going to take a TV timeout and then uh, get a word from our sponsors.
3: All right, Faith Promise. Y'all ready to get this thing going? Come on, let me hear you. Come on. All right. Will y'all give it up for our senior pastor, Pastor Chris? All right you got to make sure and make it loud so uh, he can hear you. But, you know, hey, Pastor, it's no surprise you went over time. But don't worry. I'm going to stay within my time. I will get you out in time for the early bird special at Denny's like I know you like. Okay. <laughs>
5: what? Rupping the pastor on Zach. Oh, come on. We're going to need you to focus in. You've got a message to share with these
3: people. Yes, sir. Would you take it from yes, here? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, all right. Let's let's get to it. Um, you know, they said that I'll probably have the edge uh, with with the, the younger crowd at all of our services, all five campuses. And I've been looking, studying, and I don't see anybody in here over thirty. So good luck. All right, so um, all right, so Pastor talked about uh, Pastor talked about scouting, and scouting is so important. We see it in the NFL, and we should see it in our life. But what I want to talk about right now is drafting. Uh, you know, scouting is theory. Drafting is is legit, the actual decisions that you make. Drafting means nothing, or scouting means nothing if you do not draft well. Now, we see this in the NFL. At the end of every year, a a team will take and look at their weak spots. If they're lacking in defense, they want to draft defenders. If they're lacking in receivers, they want to draft receivers. Here's what they're doing. They want to select who affect their team in a positive way. It works the same in our life. I want to boil my whole quarter down to this statement right here. We select who affect us. Oh, I skipped a scripture. Thank you. Hey, go back to it. Hold on. Uh, th- th- I got excited. Sorry with the old joke, which I didn't mean. Um, all right. No, sorry. <laughs> My bad. My bad. We see this theme of drafting all throughout scripture. <laughs> Delay a game. Get out of here. I've got six minutes. All That's right. Bad. That's just so, bad preaching right, all right there. So Can you pull it listen, together Listen, this is it? all throughout scripture drafting good people into your life, drafting who God wants. And right here we see it, so just plain as day, the righteous choose their friends carefully. Choose their friends carefully. Now, obviously, I put the word draft in there. And don't get hung up on the term righteous, okay? This is not righteous as in perfect. This is righteous as in somebody who wants to make a difference for the kingdom. Is there anybody here who wants to make a difference for the kingdom? Anybody? <laughs> Amen. So this is all of us. If you want to make a difference, you have to, you have to draft well. Now, so what that means is we have to select who affect us. So just like what I said earlier, we select who affect us. The NFL, so let me just give you a hypothetical. If an NFL owner, they they drafted somebody, okay, and they were a flop, you know, maybe like a Johnny Menzel, if you're a Browns fan, why you would be that, I don't know, okay. Um, So, but... But they, they, if they select a player and they're a flop, they don't perform well, they're a cancer in the locker room, they totally just dismantle the franchise. If that's what happens and the owner gets up there and blames it on everyone else, blame it on the circumstances and the culture and other teams, they're going to get ridiculed. They're going to get ridiculed by other owners, by players, by commentators, and even spectators like you and I. They will get ridiculed. So here's the deal. Why can the NFL not play the blame game, but we can in the kingdom of God? See, here's what I think we need to do. The world has set it up to where it's okay to be a victim. But in the kingdom of God, we are not victims. We are not called to be victims. We are called to be victors. And that's what's going to set us apart. Amen? We're not called to lay down and just to take a beating. See, God has given us a playbook for victory, which is in his word. And one of the bread and butter plays he has given us is drafting the right people into our life. Just a quick drafting tip. Uh, in the NFL, the worst teams always draft first. The, the, the worst team, again, Cleveland Browns, okay. Um, maybe you just want to lessen in humility. That's why you like that team. Okay, but, uh, so, but the worst teams, they draft first, right, because they need the most help. What if we took the worst area of our life? Maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's in your patience, maybe it's in your finances. I don't know what it is, but what if we did that and we drafted people into our life who were strong in that way? We found people with the marriages we would like to have, we found people with the finances we would like to have, and we didn't just let it be on circumstance and just what was convenient, because we need to affect this planet, we need to affect this world with God's word, so we can't let just who affects our life be happenstance. Now, what some of you guys are doing right now is you're taking a friend inventory, right? You're rolling through all your friends. You're saying, "Well, they don't affect me positively, but I really like them, and they're funny, and you know they buy my dinner sometimes, and I like them. She's cute, so I want them in my life." And you're going through, and what we do is we justify. And you think, well, well, Pastor Chris says I, I need to have lost people around me and I, I need to be a witness, which is true. And you may even get biblical on me and say, Well, hey, Jesus, Jesus had sinners around him. Jesus had prostitutes and and, and thieves and, and tax collectors. He he surrounded himself with sinners. Yes. But look at this. First, he surrounded himself with winners. Wait, Jesus surrounded himself with sinners? Yes. But first. He surrounded himself with winners. The reason that the church is still going strong, the reason that we're going to have over 8,000 this weekend, the reason we're going to baptize over 800 people this weekend is because of Jesus' first round draft picks. I don't know about you, but long after I'm gone, until Jesus comes back, I want the effect that I have to be just perpetuated because I'm going to surround myself with winners who go out and affect sinners. I don't want to just want to make it comfortable. I want to be a life change. And I know that that feels judgmental and that feels weird because everything is supposed to be okay. But that's not what God has said. Because people dying and going to hell is not okay. So we need to surround ourselves with winners so that we can make an impact. Now, as you're as you're thinking, and as you're thinking, it, it, it may not seem positive when you look at your friends and you're thinking about the people you've drafted into your life. Well, think about this. There are 32 teams in the NFL, right? And 30 of them are not playing this weekend. 30 of them are at home. And you may feel like one of those 30 teams. You may say, Zach, man, my marriage and my relationships and my job, the things that matter, they're not strong right now. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, obviously, the first thing we need to do is have a relationship with the MVP, with Jesus. But Pastor will talk about that in a second. But we need to get into small groups. We need to get in relationships with people. We need to serve, right? If the NFL can spend on average $3 million scouting and drafting, can't we spend an hour a week spending time drafting first round quality people in our life? Can't we do that, Faith Promise? We can do that. But hey, in this last little bit, let me tell you this. You may feel like nobody wants you. You may feel like nobody cares about you. You may feel like you're sitting here all alone. You don't even have a team. Let me tell you something special about the God that we serve. You know the best teams, they still get to pick in the first round. They just pick last. And the world may have picked you up with, with, with a fancy contract of desires and addiction, and you may have joined that team and chased it, and you know how it ended you. Unfulfilled and with no purpose. But luckily, God still wants you on his team. God wants to draft you. God wants you, and he doesn't want you to change first. He wants you just how you are, just where you are. And he doesn't want you to be a bench warmer. He doesn't want you to be a water boy or a cheerleader. He wants you to come on his team to be a franchise player. He wants you to come on his team to move the ball down the field. He wants you to come on to be an absolute game changer. For you to be somebody who the enemy, when you put your cleats on the morning, you stand up, that the enemy is scared of what you're going to do. Amen? The only thing we have to do is we have to make a little bit of a trade in our heart. And I'll tell you about that in the third quarter.
0: Yes, yes, yes. You guys having a good time. Unbelievable. We want you to be a part of our social media dialogue using the hashtag FPShowdown. We are trending above the Super Bowl in Knoxville right now. Because we believe Faith Promise is the place to be on the weekend. Do you agree? Do you agree? Hello. yes,
1: yes. That is so awesome.
0: Kyle, talk to me about the core and why everyone in this room, if they're not, they're dunces.
1: Yeah, you know the coaches need to know who is really on the team. And when a person moves out of the stands and decides to become a part of the core, we know who we can count on. But even more than that, the core is really for you. It's for your full development to all that God wants in your life. We want to see the best for you, and that can be accomplished through you becoming a member of the core. Absolutely. If the core is the first time you've heard this or the thousandth time you've heard this, if it's
0: your first weekend or you've been coming for years, we want you a part of our family. We believe life is just better together. And it's not stuff we want from you, but we want it for you. Join the core. Be a part of our Next Steps experience, which is the second Sunday of every single month, just talking about baptism, serving, getting involved in a group. Again, it's for you, not something we want from you, because we believe life is just better when you're a part of of a movement like Faith Promise and getting a
1: part of something like this. I tell you what, what a fast and frenetic first half. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest, Micah, the pace of this game is living up to all the hype. Yes. I, yes. Most people on Sunday mornings, they only have time for one message. We've already heard two. Unbelievable. Despite a few penalties from both pastors in the
0: first half, I believe they've both given us a fresh perspective on relationships, and I know I need it. Question.
1: Your favorite part of the first half. Yeah, Micah, very simple. Pastor Chris really opened up the playbook early on. He showed no fear for the young upstart, the young buck, and he took time to wave and welcome the, the fans that are in attendance today. But I would say my greatest takeaway is that when he said relationships are the key to life, what are your thoughts on the first half?
0: I believe Pastor owned the first quarter. There's no question about it. But I believe Pastor Zach came on strong in the second quarter and really took charge I think he had us all reeling when he said, we select who affect us. And I know I've selected a few duds in my day.
1: That is true. Well said. Uh, any thoughts on the second half?
0: I'm interested to see how Zach follows up that cliffhanger, that bomb he dropped in the end of the second court, talking about a trade in the middle of the Super Bowl. It's unheard of. Blowing my mind.
1: I tell you what. Pastor Chris is going to have his hands full to close out this challenge because Pastor Zach is bringing the heat. He's going to have to, Pastor Chris is going to rev up his game. But uh, I think unprecedented things are happening here this weekend. And we're just so excited that you're here. And uh, that's all from us. We want you to enjoy the second half.
3: All right, all right. You guys ready for one more half? Can you all take it? All right. I'm not saying that Pastor Chris is trying to rig this thing, mandating that he go first and last. But you know, you know, you guys are too smart and good looking to fall for something like that. But I was backstage watching uh, the halftime show with Pastor Chris, one of my best friends. And Pastor, I don't want you to have an accident. You dropped this backstage, and just wanted to, just didn't want you to have any boo boos, Pastor. Okay,
5: uh... oh come off it! Unpastor-like conduct on Zach. Now, we talked about this in the first quarter, second quarter. Why don't you go ahead and
3: refocus
5: now on your notes
3: and get the message to these folks this weekend. Sorry, okay, yes, sir. All right, so I thought Faith Promise deserved, uh, you know, for it to class it up a little bit. So I had a little wardrobe change. Uh, But, hey, in this quarter, we're going to talk about a trade. And I mentioned it at the end of the second quarter, a trade. Uh, And while I was studying for this, I came across some things that really will change the trajectory of my walk with God for the rest of my life. And I would love to share them with you. Now, trades happen all the time in the NFL. Actually, one to note, the Patriots who are in the Super Bowl, they made a trade a few weeks ago uh, for a defensive player named Jamie Collins. Now, the reason it doesn't make a ton of sense is because Jamie Collins is one of, if not their best defensive player, but they traded him away. And the reason they traded him away is because he was not fitting in the system. He wanted to play for himself, me ball. He, wanted to, he was just doing whatever he wanted on the defensive side of the ball. And if you know anything about football, you know Coach Belichick, uh, the leader of the evil empire, as Pastor calls him, is not going to let that fly. So they trade him away. But I don't want to talk about your best player. What I'd like to talk about is your worst player. I'd like to talk about the player who, who has knocked you off course, who is jeopardizes, jeopardizes your success on a daily basis, the person who, who has tried to jeopardize your marriage, your relationships, your grades, your influence, and the worst player on your team is you. Now, if, if, if you're honest, if you think about who says the worst things about you, who says that you can't do it, who's the one that whispers in your ear your marriage won't make it, you can't overcome that addiction, it's us. And and when I say you, I'm not just talking about you, it's me for sure. The person who says that I can't be the dad or the pastor or the husband that I want to be, it's always my flesh. So I want to talk about a trade that we can make that God has made available to us that is an absolute game changer. This is also seen all throughout the Bible, but Paul, uh, who who wrote thirteen books in the New Testament, also struggled with this. So you're not a bad person if you struggle with these things, okay? Paul, who is a man of God, uh, an absolute superhero, struggled with this, and he says it so well in Romans 7:15. He says, "I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but I hate. Uh, but what I hate, I do." Now, now, if if you have ever tried to make a difference for Christ, if you have ever tried to be a game changer, you have felt this. If you've ever tried to put aside an addiction, if you've ever tried to witness to a friend, if you've ever tried to take your thoughts captive, you've thought this. Gosh, why am I looking at porn again? Why am I drinking again? Why am I losing my temper again? We've all been right here, and it's so frustrating. But what what I love about God's Word, what I love about my relationship with God, is He never leaves me out to dry. He always gives me a trade to make. He always gives me a way to victory. In Romans 7, he talks about this issue. In Romans 8, Paul references the trade that will give us victory. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Just a little extra nugget. You don't even have to tithe extra for this. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you've said or where you've been. This trade is available for you through the grace of our God. Amen. Can I get an amen for that? All right. But he goes on to say, because through Christ Jesus, the law, of the, uh, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. It references two laws there, the law of the Spirit and the law of sin and death. Now, what Paul is talking about here is the trade that we are able to make, our flesh, for the Holy Spirit. We are able to trade the law of sin and death, our flesh, our desires, for the Holy Spirit, which is part of the Godhead, an incredible opportunity that God gives to us. So that we can understand this trade just a little bit more, I'd like to look at the one player who actually mastered this trade, and that's Jesus. Jesus knew that his worst player was his flesh, and he, even Jesus traded away his flesh for the Holy Spirit. We see when Jesus is being baptized in John chapter 1, John chapter 1, 32 and 33. John gave this testimony, this is John the Baptist when he was baptized in Jesus. I saw the Spirit come down from, uh, from heaven as a dove and remain. That's important, remain on him. And I myself, uh, not knowing, but the one who sent me, that was God, baptizing with water, told me, the man uh, on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now twice, just in those two verses, it said the Holy Spirit came and remained on Jesus. Jesus understood because Jesus had flesh. Right, Jesus was all man and all God. And it said in Hebrews, it says in Hebrews that he was tempted in the same way that we are. With lust, with anger, with greed, with promoting himself over God. He, he struggled with all these things, yet he had victory. And the reason he had victory is because he made the trade of his flesh for the Holy Spirit. It's huge to see that the Holy Spirit remained on Jesus. Because when you gave your life to Christ, you were given the free gift of the Holy Spirit. It was given to you, but what we tend to lose sight of is our focus on it remaining on our life. Now, we see Jesus do two things. We see Jesus do two things to make sure the Holy Spirit remained on his life. The first thing we see him do is committed time with God. Now, we all know that a relationship that doesn't get the adequate time, it fails. Every, every relationship that is going to succeed, it needs time committed time with God listen when Jesus was even whenever he was so angry and so depressed and he was going through such a hard time he pulled away for time with God committed time with God is huge but we've heard sermons on this pastor Chris has written books on that for us he doesn't write books just because he likes it he writes books because he wants us to see the importance of it but the second thing we see Jesus do is commit to not grieving the Holy Spirit this is a huge deal how often do you look through your life and see what is grieving the Holy Spirit? And it's not just those big, those big ticket sins. It's not just pornography or, or, or an addiction. But what, what about losing your temper? Or what about not giving when you feel God tugging at you to give, maybe to faith promise, maybe to somebody else? Well, how often do we grieve the Holy Spirit? This right here is a game changer. I have cut things out of my life that I never thought were a big deal, but they were grieving the Holy Spirit, so I cut them out. Here's the deal, it's the same today as it was in Jesus' day. The enemy has this beautiful trick. He has created something that looks just like the dove of the Holy Spirit, and it is religion if we can look the right way, if we can smell the right way, if we can say the right things, if we can just make people think, oh, I love Jesus, right, And, and, and that, that's, that's what I've got. But there's no power in religion. There's power in the Holy Spirit, which is loving God and loving others. Amen? Amen. Let, let me give this to you. Let me give this to you do not trade the dove of the Holy Spirit for the pigeon of religion. It looks a lot like the Holy Spirit, but it is not. There's no power in that. Amen? If you want to be somebody who makes an eternal impact, you want to be somebody who whenever you strap your cleats on, when you get up to go to work, it doesn't matter if you're going to be a lawyer, a hairdresser, a janitor, a pastor. When you put your cleats on, if you want the enemy to shake and say, crap, they're out of bed, we have to trade that religion, there's no power in it for the power of the Holy Spirit. Faith promise can we do that? Amen. Best place to do it to Fusion.
4: Come on, fourth quarter. You guys enjoying this? Come on. Now, parents, I want to challenge you to get your students to Fusion. Because we live in a world that that is full of things pulling us down, we want to pour into your kids. It is vital, and so man, make sure they get signed up. It's going to be an unbelievable weekend. Even in our corporate worship experience, it's going to be unbelievable. Well, it's really unfair that I have the ball again on the in the fourth quarter. You know, this has not really been a showdown, but it's been more like a shutout. Come on, can we be honest? I mean, really, you know, uh, at, you know, at at. At the least, I'm ahead of Pastor Zach, so what this really is, is running the score up. I mean, come on, let's be honest, just running the score up. And so, you know, Zach
5: talked about trades, and I, I don't know, maybe, you know. What? I call safety. This young man comes from a generation where everybody got a participation trophy. He believes he's going to get that for the Super Bowl of preaching here. And so I just wanna, I want us to move forward uh, so that he truly can not get his feelings hurt this okay. weekend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Mr. Ref. Yes, sir. All right. Now, what, what I hope that you've realized
4: so far is the requirements and the importance of a team in your life, of those people that surround you. Now, despite all the trash talk and all the fun, that we've had in leading up and even in this service, you need to understand that I hold Pastor Zach in the highest regard. He's, a matter of fact, I, I respect him. There's not many people I hold to the level. Of. He is unbelievable. Come on, can we give it up for Pastor Zach? <clears throat> and we hold relationships at a premium here. It's, it's the reason for the series we start next week and you don't want to miss it. A tale as old as time, beauty and the beast of relationships. And it is our prayer that you will experience the beauty that that flows from relationships and that you do not battle the beast that can be relationships. So now we've talked about scouting. We've talked about drafting. We've talked about the greatest trade that you need to make. And now we want to take the ball all the way down the field on winning in the arena of your relationships, your team. Now, in a country that is divided and in a world that is far from united, we stand out when we stand how? Together. together. This is the heart of Jesus in John 17. When a team stands together, when a family stands together, we stand out because we live in a world that is divided. We, we, we have an enemy that is always there to divide us, to pull us apart, to wreck and ruin our relationships. One of my favorite uh Team passages is Philippians chapter 2. If there is any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion make my joy complete. Paul writing this by the power of the Holy Spirit, we want to make the, the, the joy of the Holy Spirit complete. How? By being of the same mind. Maintaining the same love. United in Spirit. Intent on how many purposes? Do some things. Do part of your stuff. Do your politics. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. With humility of mind, regard one another as more what? Important than yourself. You want to build a great team. Make your team more important than you. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests. Come on. Come on, but also for the interest of others. It says we're to be like-minded. It means to be one accord, one mind, or literally one soul, that we are one soul. It fulfills the joy of the Lord when we are one with our team, one with our family, one with the people. Do nothing in your life out of selfish ambition, but consider others as more important than yourself. These are unbelievable team rules and regulation. Because as you know, only so well, a ball hog ruins the team, don't they? Nobody wants a glory hound on their team, only worried about their personal stats, not the stats of the team. So the scripture is clear that united we what? But divided we're what? Jesus laid it out. He said, a kingdom divided cannot stand. We've got to be together. Amen? Amen. And so it's what we're going to roll in the next three weeks, how to be together, how to, how to put together the beauty of relationships. Now, every NFL team has an owner. And if you're an NFL follower, you know this, that the owners that try to micromanage the coaches and the players typically have losing seasons. The owner needs to let the coach run the team. Does that make sense? But all of us were born in this world believing that we were the owner of our lives, We were the kings and queens of our own castles. We are the captain of our own voyage, and we set the rules and regulations. We run our own lives. The problem is that if you run your life, you will ruin your life. And so one of the greatest things that you can do to win with your team, the first thing you do is surrender your life to the lordship of Coach Jesus. Amen. That's the best thing that you can do. The Bible calls that salvation. It's salvation. You get a new owner, you get a new start, you get a new game book, you get to run new plays. I don't care where you are, you may feel all alone. You may have gone through a horrible divorce where your life was ripped apart. You may be on a team that your teammates are pulling you down. I was when I was a drug dealer and dope addict. We pulled each other down. But you can do what I did. You've got to have a fresh start and a fresh team, and that is the will of God for your life. Man, that is the grace and goodness of God. In Philippians 2, it goes on and says, have this attitude. Man, we need to have an attitude adjustment in yourselves, which is in Christ. Although it existence in the form of God did not regard equality. God, a thing to be grasped. He wasn't, he wasn't glory hog. He wasn't just worried about himself, but he emptied himself and took the form of a bondservant. And being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance of men, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And because of that, God gave him a name that's above every name. And so if you go back to the cross, you go back to the last seconds ticking off the game clock, the arena is full, both sides are watching, Jesus is hanging, and the clocks tick off, and the clock, as the game clock stops, Jesus drops his head, breathes his last, and surrenders his life up for us. The enemies of God celebrate the religious leaders, the demon horde of hell, that everybody, the political leaders were clapping, they were pouring Gatorade on the devil. It was just they were all having a grand old time. The disciples dropped their head in single file, they marched out of the arena, dejected, defeated, no future, no hope. Why? Because they thought they had just lost the game. And some of you may be feeling like you're losing the game. But can I tell you, they had no idea that Jesus was about to mount the greatest comeback in human history when he came out of that grave alive on Easter. Whoa, he came through. Proving that Jesus is the MVP of all humanity. Paying the price for our sins. What a glorious deal. Now with over 8,000 of us this weekend, some of you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life. And you're ready for a fresh start. You're ready for a new team. You're ready for a new deal. If you're ready with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you pray with me this prayer? We're going to pray with you. Dear Jesus, I know I've blown it. I know i fumbled the ball. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. You died for me. You rose from the grave. I will follow you the rest of my life. Give me a great team. Let us make the right trades. Fill us with the Spirit, and we will win for you.
0: In Jesus' name. Somebody give God some praise in the house. All right, that does it for us here at Hashtag FB Showdown. Did you guys enjoy it? We love you guys so very, very much. If you made a decision for Christ day, we would love to know about that. Put that in the communication card or meet it to the next steps area and find out more about it. You are dismissed. Zach, let's pop this thing off. We love you guys.